Hey guys, and welcome to episode three of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I am so excited to be back with you today to talk about something I am super, super passionate about, and that is growing as a teacher, but more importantly, not being afraid to grow. In this episode, we are going to talk about three specific ways you can grow in your craft as a teacher without feeling nervous about or threatened by feedback. Now, before we get started, I would love to ask for you to do what really is kind of a big favor. Um, If you haven't had a chance to leave me a review in iTunes yet, I would absolutely love for you to do so. It truly would mean so, so much to me if you take a moment, share your thoughts, feelings, takeaways, or anything else that this podcast leaves you with. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host, from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. I know, I know, this can be a little bit of a touchy subject. I'm sure most of us feel just a teeny bit uncomfortable or a teeny bit upset when we get constructive criticism, and this absolutely you see my mindset too. I never wanted anyone to come observe me, and if they did, I wanted to know well in advance so I could make sure that I had the most killer lesson ready to go. When I knew an observation was coming up, I would stress to no end. I would plan some crazy lesson that wasn't even reflective of what I actually did with my students on a daily basis. It was a total what they call horse and pony show. And then the most insane part is that I would get upset with the constructive feedback I would receive because I'd spent so much time putting that darn lesson together. Or even worse would be that I had prepped the perfect lesson and then my principal ended up not even being able to observe me at all because something else came up. Talk about super negative experiences, right? And it's very likely that you've experienced the same thing or something very similar. And I want to say, though, that as time went on and I became more comfortable with my skills and abilities as a teacher, a shift began to slowly happen. I started looking at observations and I started looking at feedback through a vastly different lens. And interestingly enough, The major breakthrough in my mindset shift happened when I was watching a round of none other than the U.S. Open. And that's a golf tournament, if you're not familiar. And there I was, sitting on the couch with my husband, watching Tiger come back from his downfall, if you will. And this profound thought occurred to me. Here was Tiger Woods, regardless of whether or not you like him. Here was Tiger Woods, one of the best golfers in the world, that put in hours upon hours upon hours upon hours of practice to get better at his craft. He himself had a coach. He himself was always adjusting his swing. He himself would take criticism and feedback for how to improve his short game. And he was one of the absolute best. So why was I any different? Why was I not able to approach teaching with that same mindset that I needed to practice my craft, that I needed to adjust and try new things, that I needed to get feedback from others. Boom. Wow. That was a breakthrough. 
And I stopped putting myself on this pedestal that I was such a good teacher that I never needed any feedback or criticism to get better. And what a gift that mindset shift was to myself. So what I want to do now is I want to walk you through some actionable tips you can begin implementing for yourself, all of which will allow you to grow as a teacher and see feedback and criticism as a positive thing. And I'm telling you, this episode is really going to help you change your mindset. And I am so excited about it. And I know I'm a little amped up, but don't mind me. It's just, this is awesome stuff. Okay, so let's start with tip number one. And tip number one is to be proactive. Be proactive. Take matters into your own hands and start soliciting feedback from your principal. And you want to do that by inviting him or her into your classroom instead of waiting for a formal observation. And by taking the initiative to invite your principal in, you've already established this different mindset for yourself because in this case, you are essentially asking for feedback, right? You're not waiting for feedback to be given to you after a mandatory observation. And in that way, you are going to be much more likely to be receptive to what your principal will have to say. And this can also be something as simple as, let's say you have a student that you're struggling with. Go ask your principal to come in. Have him or her observe the student's interactions in your classroom and ask for help. Say, what would you do in this situation? Do you have any suggestions for me or things that you used in your classroom when you were a teacher that worked well when you had a student like this, right? And this isn't going to show weakness by any means. It's going to show initiative to your principal. It'll show that you truly have this strong desire to be the best teacher you can be. And we all need coaches. We all need a second set of eyes. And that's exactly what our principal is there for. So take advantage of that, right? Now let's stick with this idea of being proactive. Let's say that you do decide to invite your principal in. If you don't feel comfortable quite yet with having them give you constructive criticism, you can start with a lesson that showcases something that you're super, super confident in, right? That way you can start with your strengths. And then once you feel more comfortable, you can ask your principal to come back for a lesson that maybe you're a little bit unsure of. And when you do that, after you do the lesson, then you can ask specific questions for feedback because you invited your principal in, right? So here, you're really the one dictating what feedback you want to receive. So it's much less intimidating, right? You're much more receptive to that constructive criticism because you are the one asking for it. And that's a pretty profound thing to do. Okay, moving on to tip number two. Tip number two is you need to create a culture of growth at your school. Now, let me take this back to a personal experience so you can see what this looks like. One year at a school where I taught, the principal decided that while he would still come in and do classroom observations, you know, see students in action, all that stuff, that he wasn't going to do a formal observation. He wasn't going to do a formal evaluation of us. Instead, every teacher was required to go into every other teacher's classroom for a quick like five to 10 minute super informal observation. And yes, while we did do this during our own prep periods, it really was invaluable. 
And then what was even more invaluable is after we did these quick little observations, at the end of our weekly faculty meetings, we would all get together and debrief. And we would all discuss trends that we saw across different subjects and different grade levels. And we'd even talk about some common goals that we had. And we'd even talk about necessary systems that we saw needed to be put in place that we would not have known about had we not been in each other's classrooms. It was super, super powerful. And not only did we love it, but there were so many positives that came along with that simple, simple exercise. And three of those are the following. One, we were easily able to see different ways of teaching, small nuances in our craft that we could take back and apply in our own classrooms. Two, it wasn't daunting to have a fellow teacher in the classroom. So by the time our principal came in to observe us, we were all so used to having someone else in our room that it really wasn't a big deal. It took a lot of that pressure off. And number three, and most importantly, we really got into this mindset that we can all learn from each other, that we all had something valuable to offer every single one of us. So if you'd like to do the same thing at your own school, it doesn't even have to be to the same level that we did it in my example. You could simply ask like a handful of your closest teacher friends and you could set something up for next week even. My only suggestion would be to make sure that you have an opportunity to debrief and discuss after you all observe each other. Okay, and lastly, tip number three, which is not quite simple at all, but it truly is a game changer. And that is that it's time to change your mindset. Let me say that again. It is time to change your mindset. Growth mindset is such a big part of education right now. But I mostly see it being spoken about for our own students. Well, what about for us? What about for teachers? And I truly, truly believe it is time for us as teachers to start changing our own mindsets into one of growth. Yes, we go to professional development. Yes, we research and learn new strategies. Yes, we read books. Yes, we take ideas back to our classroom. And these are all fantastic things that we need to be doing, right, that move us toward becoming better teachers. But when it really comes down to it, And it really comes down to being observed and listening to the areas where you need to improve. Do you really still have that same growth mindset? I'm sure a lot of us don't. And I know I sure didn't. But if you can make that change, if you can make that mental shift, and you can view constructive criticism as just that, a way for you to become even better, you will become even better. You will no longer be subconsciously blocking out or drowning out suggestions from your principal, and you will be able to view your own teaching from an objective standpoint. You will be able to become that incredible or even more incredible teacher that you know is in there. You just have to be willing to do what it takes. Now, I hope this episode inspired you in more ways than one. 
Now I want you to take those actionable steps back to your classroom. Take them back to your school. Take them back and discuss them with your colleagues and begin working on creating that community of learners where you are all working together to be the best you can possibly be. Now, if you'd like to grab the show notes for this episode, you can head over to www.ebacademics.com forward slash three. And that's just the number. You don't even have to type it out. Just the number three. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode. And I will see you next time.